0: Have you ever been deadlocked in a disagreement with your spouse? You know, and it might not be something that's easy to overcome. Maybe your spouse wants to homeschool and you don't. Maybe your spouse is a a leftist and you're not. Uh, Maybe you guys are disagreeing about issues of faith or parenting. These are really important topics. And today I'm going to answer Whitley in North Carolina about how you should respond to your husband when you disagree. And also we're going to talk a little bit to a mom whose mother is constantly inserting her opinion about her daughter's education. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, you guys, how are you doing? I hope you're having a great day this Tuesday. You know, this is a great day to love your family well, so I hope you are tracking with me. Over at Mom Strong International. We just released a brand new study on the importance of motherhood. It's called Irreplaceable. I can't wait for you guys to join me. This is something that I think if we could just, if we could get this right in the culture, if we could really understand God's heart for families, it would change the way the culture sees motherhood. And we need a do-over. You guys heard me talk about this a little bit yesterday. I have been uh, talking about issues related to family and marriage and education for, oh my goodness, you guys, 15, 20 years. It's been a long time. And I get the same questions. I feel like we get the same questions over and over again because human beings are always grappling with really the same sorts of things. And a couple of weeks ago, Whitley in North Carolina sent a question in to me, and I wanted to tackle it a little bit today. And that is the issue of love and respect inside of marriage. So let me read to you what she wrote. She said, what do you say to a husband that was homeschooled, but believes our kids should not be because they can't be kept in a bubble or they won't be able to handle, quote, the real world when they get older? Well, my first my first response to that is, you know, if if your husband's worried that your kids were in a bubble, then that means that he feels like he grew up in a bubble. And there were, you know, a long time ago, especially homeschoolers that that definitely raised their kids in a bubble. I don't know if you guys remember a guy named Bill Gothard, but I was raised under a lot of Bill Gothard's teachings. And I can tell you right now, a lot of those teachings were very harmful and very damaging. And we see them come out in families like the Duggars. You can see, you know, Ginger, for, and Ginger. I can't I don't know how you say her last name now, but Ginger Duggar has just released a new book called Finally Free. She's talking about how she got free from the the bad doctrines and the bad theologies that tended to sort of um, define the early homeschool movement and really coming to know Jesus and recognizing that, you know, Jesus has uh, there's freedom in walking with him and staying inside the boundaries that God has given us, but also not putting extra things on us that actually aren't in the Bible. And so I'm I'm assuming that when your husband talks about a bubble, He felt like he grew up in a bubble, but homeschoolers today are anything but in a bubble. And in fact, in some respects, I'm like, can we bring at least some of the bubble back? Because it wasn't all bad, (laughs) but a lot of it was. But as I look at your question, so that's the first thing I would say, you know, the bubble thing to me, that's like when someone says to me, you know, aren't you worried about socialization? Uh, My answer is 100%. Yes, I am worried about socialization. That's 90% of the reason why I took my children out of public school. You want to see a bad bubble? You want to see bad socialization, just go down to your local public school and you're going to see it on the very first day, on the very first minute. So that's and when when he says that they're not going to be able to handle the real world when they get older, that's just silly. That actually really is just silly, but you can't necessarily say that. I think you're just going to have to have conversations with him about what homeschoolers are doing now. I mean, is his life silly? Is he able to handle his, his life in the real world? The other thing I think that's sort of fascinating to think about when it comes to this kind of critique of homeschooling is that when we talk about, you know, kids being able to to handle themselves in the real world, why are we not talking about how devastating woke ideology is to kids who are supposed to be graduating from these woke schools and then uh, going into adulthood and having actual productive lives? These kids can't do math. boy. I'll tell you what, though, they can tell you what gender you should be on Thursday and whether or not you're having issues with intersectionality. They've got all kinds of things to say about stuff like this, but they're really struggling with the real world uh, issues of balancing a budget and learning how to be responsible and holding down a job and all those things. And so to blame that on homeschooling just seems short-sighted to me. There are all kinds of parents in every sphere of education. There are abusive parents in the public school system. There are abusive parents in the homeschools in homeschooling. There are abusive parents in private schools. And there are kids who are going to struggle their whole lives no matter what education system they came out of. But I'm I'm here to tell you, I think that the statistics back up the fact that kids that come out of homeschooled families are actually doing better than their public school counterparts in almost every sphere of influence in uh, in excelling in college. They're. They're going into, uh, into, they're managing their own businesses, they're entrepreneurs, they're having their own families, they're doing just fine. And so when people, when people bring that up to me now, I'm just like, yeah, you guys need to get out more. So that doesn't even bother me here, here though, is the bigger issue. So when you talk about how to respond to your husband, I want to just encourage you to a place of biblical Response to your husband because we want to pay attention to what the Bible says. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 9, really quickly, verses 19 and 20. When uh, it says, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the verses right before that say, don't get drunk with wine. For this is dissipation, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another in Psalms. So the the first part of that verse is saying, hey, guys, listen, there's going to be some problems here if you do A, B, and C. And the first thing he said is, don't get drunk, don't get drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Notice that all the commands that precede uh, the marriage instruction are given to Christians in general. Bible says, refuse to get drunk, be filled with the Spirit, encourage one another, sing songs and songs of praise and hymns have an attitude of continual worship live in a spirit of thanks and gratitude submit graciously to each other and it's easy for us i think to to skip to the issue and forget how god says we're supposed to address each other how are we supposed to talk to each other how are we supposed to treat each other and the bible is very clear on this we are called to love and respect our husbands ephesians chapter 5 verses 21 to 33 Says, uh, so at the end, right now we're at the end, we just read uh, verse 21, and that ended with, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now he goes on, the Apostle Paul in verse 22 and says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, okay, we'll get to this in a second women are called to submit to their husbands in everything and and we're not talking about sin. so if your husband asks you to submit to him and go rob a bank no if your husband asks you to watch pornography with him no right that's not that's not what we're talking about and in 33 years of being married to my husband i can i can probably count on one hand if even that the number of times that jay and i have disagreed and he is and he has said i'm going to go ahead and make this decision even though you vehemently disagree in fact, I don't even know if I can think of a certain of a single incident where that has happened. That would be such an egregious um, abuse, really, of the command that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. We are called to live live with one another in un, in in understanding, right? In an understanding way. And so, if Jay and I disagree on something, it would be unwise for him to just go, "I don't care what you say. I'm the king of the castle." And the Bible says that you have to submit to me. What a foolish attitude to take, right? I remember my granddad a long time ago, he and my grandmother were married for 75 years and my grandmother was a firecracker. I know that's hard for you guys to understand, hard for you to visualize, but she definitely was. And when we were very early in our marriage, we went over to my grandparents' house for dinner and we were talking about the issue of submission because it had come up in in class in Sunday school. And my grandpa, who was a pastor, so wisely said, Heidi and Jay, if. Submission is the issue in your marriage. If submission is what you're talking about over and over and over again, then you don't have the heart of Christ. In a healthy marriage, the issue of submission will never come up. Why? Because we are committed to loving each other, to loving one another. And that is what the Bible is trying to tell us. That is what the Apostle Paul is saying. So he goes on in this passage and he says, husbands, love your wives. How did Christ love his bride? He laid down his lifer. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Husbands, love your wives. because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. Alda. must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That, That closing statement, verse 33, let each of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You just hit the nail on the head when you talk about love and respect. God has made us very unique in this way. Women need the love of their husbands, and husbands need the respect of their wives. And so when you're talking to your husband about this issue, whether it's putting your kids in a public school or whether it's homeschooling or whatever it is, I'm just going to encourage you, keep your eyes on the ball, and God says that we are to respect our husbands. So we want to be very careful in how we respond and the things that we say. And there are biblical ways to approach a disagreement. One thing that's very important is do not shame your husband's opinion in front of other people. I have seen women do this over the years and it is ugly. It is an ugly way for us to behave toward our husbands and it dishonors our husbands and it dishonors the Lord. And it's the exact opposite of what the Apostle Paul was just saying in verse 33. Wives, respect your husbands. Another thing that's really important to remember is that there is a right time to talk about this stuff, right? Uh, Proverbs says that right words spoken in the right time are like apples of gold in the silver setting. In other words, the wrong time to talk to your husband about this stuff might be when he walks in the door from from work and he's tired and he just wants to put his, uh, his back down and go take a shower before he comes down to dinner or whatever it is. We want to be careful that we bring things up at the right time. Uh, choose being respectful women over being right. So, when you think about your husband and the 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 conversation that you're going to have, choose respect. You can choose that. You choose it in the way that you you speak to him. you choose it in the way that you uh, communicate to him in front of your children. You choose respect when you say, "Listen, I honor your opinion. I recognize that you and I may have a different opinion. Can we pray about this together and i I genuinely believe having seen this happen, you know over and over again in my life uh, as a married woman. That there isn't very much that a marriage can't overcome when husbands genuinely love their wives, listen to them, uh, care about their opinion, don't rush out and make decisions without their wives and wives love their husbands. And the same thing goes with your decision to or not to homeschool your kids. But the but the reasons that he's giving you, I I don't think they hold a lot of water homeschooled kids can definitely handle the real world and the only way that your kids would live in a bubble is if you created a bubble and then stuck them in it so uh, that's kind of my two cents on it and i would just encourage you love and respect goes an awful long way all right courtney in north carolina said that her mom is constantly inserting her opinion about her daughter's education she said how do i handle the constant negative and over opinionated comments from my own mother My daughter is 10 and going into sixth grade, and my husband and I have made the decision to pull her out of public school and put her into a small private school, a Christian school. My mother hasn't had a thing nice to say about it, just that my daughter will be missing out on fun things, school dances, football games, and worldly things. I let her know this is it's biblical curriculum, not a woke agenda, and it's enough for now. For our child how should i handle this when i say that god gave her to me and that i'm the one who will answer one day i just get a worldly view from her that i am not doing the right thing for my child and she feels sad for her it makes me feel like i'm not a good mother and i want something different just because i want something different for my child all right so i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb here courtney since you're talking about the worldly opinions of your mom i'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that your mom isn't a christian i'm assuming that she isn't saved. Listen, when I decided to homeschool our kids, when Jay and I made the decision to pull our kids out of uh, out of the public school and we decided to homeschool them, uh, almost everybody in our family criticized us uh, on the regular. Like we were kind of mocked and criticized. And I always tell parents, listen, fruit takes time to grow. Nobody ever looks at a a, a, a farmer or a guy who's tending a field and has a brand new apple orchard and after the first season goes up to that, that really small sapling and says, what's the matter with your tree? There's no fruit on your tree. No, we know that fruit takes time to grow and it takes time to raise children. It takes time for the fruit to be seen. And so I would just encourage you not to get in these conversations with your mom. You don't need to prove yourself. Your, you, your child does not belong to your mother. Your child was given to, to you by the Lord who saw fit to give her to you and to your husband. And so if, if I was in that position and I was once, I think you can just say, hey, can we just agree to disagree and then drop it and talk about something else. But don't let her dissuade you from making such an important decision for your child's education. You have absolutely made the right decision in taking your daughter out of the out of the uh, public schools. And honestly, not a minute too soon because the schools are on fire fire. So I hope that helps you. I'm assuming your mom doesn't know the Lord. You want to love her and respect her, but she doesn't get to make these decisions and I would agree to disagree with her and just ask that you not continue talking about it. Uh this one came in, it was a comment about my uh my podcast with regard to homeschoolers taking government money. She said, "Heidi, I agree with you that we should not be taking government money for homeschooling like welfare, it's a trap." I thought about this. Uh the other day, it's like, if you guys don't want uh, government control in your lives, and certainly we've in the last you know couple of years, as we've been overtaken uh, by government intrusion, when it comes to like the Rona, if you don't want the government in your life, then don't take child support from the government. The public schools are child support from the government. If we're going to start taking vouchers for homeschooling, that's child support from the government coming into homeschooling. And if you think for one second, that the government's going to give you child support and not want something in return from you. You don't understand the nature of the government. And that's the truth. Um, I love this comment from Candace on YouTube. She said, y'all better listen to Heidi. She's right. <laughs> that was in response to me talking about moms being irreplaceable. And yes, I am right about that. Moms are irreplaceable. All right. There is a lady who's upset with me. And she wanted to discuss something that Dr. Mark and I said, uh, talking on our podcast the other day. So this is Renee in Washington. So, hey, Renee. She said, I don't have a question. I am concerned about what was shared about dairy farms on the podcast with Dr. Mark. There are several untruths that were shared about the dairy industry. I would suggest that you and Dr. Mark have an interview, a modern farmer. So, hey, Renee, if you'd like to come on the show, this is your invitation. We'd love to have you on to talk about it. She said uh, she thinks that this would help me get my facts straight about the conditions that cows are raised in. I didn't think that we actually spent very much time on this. I felt like we were mostly talking about milk alternatives. You may have heard me say to Dr. Marque, please don't ruin milk for me because I love milk. I'm the girl who drinks milk every single day. Uh, we drink organic milk in our home. I'm a huge fan of dairy farmers and cows is a general rule, and so uh, I certainly wasn't trying to offend you, but we definitely did that. She went on to say one major false fact that was shared about the modern dairy cow is that they are fed to be as fat as possible. Farmers do not want fat cows because that causes health problems for the animal. Cows are fed a very specific rations created by nutritionists hired by the farmer. Their diets keep them in the healthiest and most fit shape possible, better than most Americans. And that's probably true, especially for following the American SAD diet. She says no farmer can sell milk to stores with antibiotics in it. And again, you know, I apologize. I think we were just, you know, scooting over that stuff. You see a lot of chicken that say no antibiotics ever. And, and you know, the labeling, the false labeling that's on food right now, I think is very confusing. I can see that um, that you love your cows. And I do, too. And I definitely don't want to be the purveyor of false cow information here. And I I agree with you also, you know, you're saying that the leftists have really hurt the dairy industry, which I think is true. She says farmers are one feeding America. They're very underappreciated. Well, Renee, not by me. I really appreciate the farmers in America. And so I'm really sorry that it came across that way. Listen, I realize it's easy to criticize dairy farms for uh, being you know, cruel to the cows without being aware of the realities of exactly what's happening in the bigger picture. And so uh, I love milk and butter and cheese and yogurt and ice cream and curds. Oh my goodness, at the Tolemic factory, I love those custard, eggnog, ghee, sour cream, whey, ricotta cheese, cream cheese, buttermilk. I love all the things. And so I apologize to you from the very bottom of my milk loving heart about that. And I'm sure that Mark and I will revisit it. All right, another comment from YouTube that came in, and this was on my episode entitled No Place for Kids, the public schools, and she said, I agree, the schools are not salvageable. I pulled my kids out to avoid the COVID insanity in 2020, and I'm so grateful for your encouragement, which helped solidify my decision to never send them back. I remember hearing you say, pull your kids out of the schools, and I didn't get it, but I do now. So I'm encouraged by that. Tony Thompson said, this is the best year of homeschool. This is our second year. I work part-time, 100% best decision ever. Okay, so I love that. It's telling me that you guys are catching on and you're catching the homeschool bug, which I'm really happy about. Listen, you guys, life is difficult. Life is difficult. Parenting is difficult. Marriage is difficult. If you've been married more than 30 seconds, you know marriage is difficult. If you want to find out how completely wicked and awful you are, have a child. And you'll learn very, very quickly, God wants to use these things to sanctify you, to bring you in closer relationship with him. And so we do that by encouraging each other. We do it by being in the word. Uh, we do it over here. We're doing it at MomStrong International, and we're encouraging you guys to get into your Bibles. And so if you haven't already joined me, I want to see this be the biggest study that we've ever done. Look and see what God says in his word about the irreplaceable value of mothers. Uh, Dr. Mark's actually going to come on for one of my weeks of teaching for the study this month because we're going to be talking about how to nurture your children, uh, body, soul, mind, and spirit, and really learn how to be the mom that God wants you to be. You really are irreplaceable. If you guys want to join me at that study, now is the time. The study's just released, and you can get your hands on it at momstronginternational.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is a joy to be here with you every day and to have just a little part in what God's doing in your life. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's how you leave comments. Obviously you can do it on YouTube or you can go any place that podcasts are and leave a review and we might read your review on the air. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great afternoon. I will see you back here again, right here at the intersection of faith.